Yo, what is up, guys? Welcome back to Tag Team, the Pokemon Trading Card Games premier podcasting duo. My name is Riley Holbert, joined as always by my phenomenal friend, Mr. JW Crewall. JW, how's it hanging? Hey, it's hanging pretty well, Riley. Thank you for asking. <laughs> I'm glad to hear it's <laughs> hanging well. It is. We're getting close to close to Christmas. It's very exciting. Yeah. What do you got going on for Christmas in the grand scheme of things? Well, we're going to go over to Anne's family. Uh, they're in Maryland. And um, it's just kind of funny around the house. We've had to do a lot of these renovation projects. Um, so I've been cleaning. Um, we have these columns, these columns that we think are original to the house. So like potentially um, like over 100 years old. And mm. they were just painted over. And I really liked the columns. They were like really, they're just they're just kind of cool. And I, I have a I have a picture. Big to post column up guy. Soon. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge column fan. Um, but there's uh, I'll have to post a picture soon on Twitter, so make sure to watch out for that. But there's just these huge columns leading into the living room, and I wanted to strip the paint off and apply like a finish, you know, a stain to it, make them look real nice and shiny and 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 cool. And this has been a project since we bought the house uh-huh. where it's just been, I had just been kind of <laughs> delaying it or I didn't have enough time or, you know, it just, for one reason or another, I had just been pushing it off, pushing it off. And I determined over the last three weeks that I would do it and have it ready for the new year's party. There you go. And so I sat down, got it all done. And I, I think it looks pretty nice very impressive yes yes glad to hear so, your, your columns are going well they are and we <laughs> to kind of extend off of that we finally set everything up for christmas even though we're not going to be here really for much of it so um yeah it's uh you know we finally got the tree set up and put the ornaments on and hung a few wreaths up we don't really have that much stuff so it's very barren we have like one christmas item per room (laughs) but you know it's 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 festive enough so how about you oh not a ton going on for christmas originally i was planning to go uh to north carolina to see my family but i actually haven't been home for more than a couple days in a row since mid-november so i told my family that while my sister is still in town from college i'm going to come back in january Mm -hmm. um and i'm going to keep it low key here Mm -hmm. Which mm-hmm. is perfect for me right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm just going to, you know, I have like a small tree that I set up in my apartment and I have some gifts that I'm excited to give out and I'll FaceTime in with my family for like the morning. Okay, cool. Sounds nice. It is nice. I am just in major need of some Riley time right now. I, I kind of feel that, man. Yeah, my <laughs> wife and I were supposed to go to New York City. Um, for like a baby moon just like two of us because normally when we take vacations outside of our honeymoon like it's always to pretty much for every vacation quote-unquote vacation that we've taken it's always been to go to a wedding so we've always been around <laughs> yeah. you know some group of friends right and that's yeah. been like our our vacation um we are gonna go to new york city and I, I think we still are but the problem is that all these things are shutting down now like yeah the new the new omicron variant is just ravaging every everywhere and obviously new york city is one of those just (laughs) central hubs and so uh, we are going to go see a hockey game and a lot of the hockey games have been kind of shifted back i know they're on a hiatus until after christmas 
and then so that plan looks like it's it's up in flames and then we were going to go see a broadway <laughs> show and a lot of them are starting to shut down because either the management you know doesn't want to have you know they, they just realize the situation or the actors are getting covid or whatever it is yeah and so we have we have tickets to wicked but we'll see if we can even go Gosh, and then i'm like a good show too i know i know and then we were like well if we can't really do anything in new york city <laughs> is it even worth it to just sit there yeah you know, i'd rather just like sit at home and just like veg out a little bit <laughs> yeah then just sit in new york city and veg out you know yeah i know what you mean like if i'm gonna so, go somewhere i want to do something yeah and it's not like we're gonna be spending money there you know i mean we would have if things would be open but <laughs> i feel that man the de- definitely like the new variants make me a little bit anxious i actually just got my booster yesterday i'm mm. uh, feeling pretty good today just like the the first round of shots i never really had any problems with them so i'll yeah. take that for sure um but yeah i mean that's kind of the the life we live in now is just ever never-ending wave of pandemic surges yeah it's really depressing it, it makes me wonder if the pokemon season will still happen i'm thoroughly curious about that too like we haven't heard anything since the initial announcement and it makes <laughs> me think something's up well I I just yeah I I couldn't see it happening you know under these conditions <laughs> in this economy yeah in this economy yeah absolutely no Pokemon <laughs> in this economy I agree I mean I guess we got a couple months to to see what happens but it feels like every time we, we're heading in a good direction something bad happens yes so yes and the startling thing too is that you know we've seen kind of the multiple mutations is like, what's after this one? (laughs) You know, that's the really scary thing to me is like this one, this Omicron seems to be very, um, you know, uh, easily spreadable, but you know, not particularly deadly, Mm -hmm. but it's like, what, what's next? Like an easily spreadable and deadly coronavirus. Like, I don't know. I feel you, man. I feel you. It's uh, it's anxiety inducing, honestly. (laughs) Yeah. COVID theta right <laughs> yeah we're getting we're getting all the way to the end here we're gonna get what happens what happens at the end? <laughs> what happens after COVID omega <laughs> yeah <laughs> i i personally don't want omega COVID, no matter what it is that <laughs> that sounds dangerous right so true <laughs> well speaking of of dangerous there's plenty of danger in the meta right now still with UV Max true. just running rampant on the format. True, true. Um, I mean, we kind of harped on UV Max really, really hard last week, so I don't think we need to like delve into the nitty gritty details of why UV Max is good. We know that drawing thirty cards in your first turn is good. Surprise, surprise. What are some other decks that we may consider bringing to this meta game? You know, maybe they have a leg up on Mew, or maybe they yeah. can at least hang, and maybe are good against the other decks in the format. Yeah, I mean, kind of like anything dark-based, and it could be really just about any deck, but, like, I've been telling newer players uh, that have asked me, and my brother is actually getting into the game, and I've been like, you know, he's, what should I play? I'm like, Eternatus is a good option, you know, for, like, a new player um, or somebody that's just like, well, I I really want to beat Mew and have a chance against pretty much everything else. 
Um, or just I saw in a, in a tournament the other day, somebody was playing Hoopa and Moltres. That deck is cool. Yeah, that deck is cool, right? And it pretty much only exists because, you know, Mew is is one of the most played and, and uh, best archetypes, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, you have stuff like that. You have just, again, like the single strike archetypes, Gengar or Umbreon. I mean, we always kind of come back to those. Those are always in play. They're just a little bit, you know, inconsistent. And you're, you're kind of forcing yourself set to set up, you know, multiple stage ones. So that can be kind of tough. But um, other than just dark kind of <laughs> as a whole, right? Yeah. Like I kind of all kind of lump it all together. They all you know? serve the like, same purpose. <laughs> they all serve the same purpose. They're all the same idea, just just in a different in a different dress. And uh, beyond that, there's there's Jolteon. I think Jolteon is probably rising up as kind of the the de facto non dark counter to Mew, just in the sense that and we've said this for the longest time. In the sense that they can play four Path of the Peak as kind of a main strategy and no other deck really can afford those, those uh, stadium slots to go to path of the peak. So it's, it's probably the deck that has, you know, the most room to play path of the peak is relatively low maintenance and can have some funky tricks and, and have space to play like fan of waves. I've been seeing that in a lot of lists, uh, one or two fan of waves and it can play Cheryl. So if the Mew deck can't get the one shot, then you can Cheryl. And so it has kind of these, these built-in soft counters uh, to Mew that that can really uh, allow it to go toe to toe with that deck. Yeah, I mean, Path to the Peak. I've personally been <laughs> a fan of Path to the Peak against Mew. Um, obviously, Mew plays the four stadiums, but they play less and less ways to get them <laughs> besides the Cramomatic. So it's not always easy to just get a stadium, you know, out of your deck just a raw drawing it. Um, I'm not a huge fan of playing Jolteon personally, just because I don't like that hundred damage it just feels a little awkward sometimes mm-hmm. but uh you know being able to to slow down the mutual halt fan away some of their energy away and and clock at them from there is a pretty satisfying game state yeah absolutely do you think there's anything else that that really hangs i mean obviously like the dark decks are okay um i think all of them kind of struggle in their own unique ways you know turnus is infamously like a pile um <laughs> and doesn't have tag teams to oko anymore which is like a huge deal right it's damage cap it was perfect for last format <laughs> yeah but now it's like okay you're two at KOing my v max but so is like every other v max <laughs> right you know and you're doing you're doing like on the on the higher end of that two shot right right like like it's not um you know it's not like something like an urshifu deck right where they're hitting you for 150 and then if they can, you know, hit you again for 150 and maybe get a snipe with an Inteleon, like that's like perfect math. No, they're doing, you know, 240 or 270 and then doing that again. You know, it's <laughs> right. just like such an overkill. Right. Like you're doing 500 damage to my VMAX right now. It's like, yeah, cool, man. <laughs> <laughs> so not a huge fan of that for Eternatus, you know, playing up a three prizer to have those like awkward exchanges. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that, uh, that Hoopa deck is also a little bit inconsistent and it feels like outside of the Mew matchup it isn't that great like especially decks that spread you know the Jolteons, the Dragapults I guess maybe Dragapults fine because it's Dark Week um, but the Jolteons and the, the Suicunes and stuff like that that can kind of like move damage around or uh, mm-hmm. just wreak havoc in like more prize 
trade favorable ways that the Hoopa deck doesn't do a ton. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So there's, I don't know, Jolteon and, and Mew are kind of there, the dark decks like we talked about. Urshifu, I've been playing a lot on the ladder, the Melanie Urshifu build. And that's been pretty fun. I've actually been able to get a couple of wins against the Mew deck by just double sniping their Genesex and then using the Metacham, taking an additional prize and then doing, you know, funky things with uh, Inteleons to take the the last uh, four prizes in that single turn. But um, so that's been kind of fun. I've been rolling that on the ladder. Um, is it what I would take to a tournament? Probably not, but... Uh, certainly an option for players and then i i played a while ago some malamar and that was really fun <laughs> malamar will always be goaded in my opinion yeah that deck malamar, rocks. <laughs> yeah and, and it was i mean it actually had like a fair amount of uh of thinking to it right because you have i was playing the inteleon version and i don't know which is necessarily better i i would want to experiment a little bit with Sinchino. But I was playing with the Inteleon version, and you had to, you know, know when to um, scoop up the Inteleon, and you had to, you know, obviously count everything correctly, and that could be really, really uh, nerve-wracking at times. Oh, so for sure. I liked I liked that deck a lot. Yeah, I feel that. I actually feel like the the sniping strategy against Mew isn't completely unviable for Urshifu. Like you said, it's just like, you know, you maybe sack one Urshi. <laughs> doing yeah. a rapid flow or something you sacrifice it elsewhere and then you clean up the rest of the game with like a quick you, melanie rapid flow. it just you have to you have to draw perfectly yeah you have to have like, like you have to have this exact like turn two turn three turn four yes <laughs> yes and and there there are times like where if they just disrupt you where they take maybe a, a not so obvious route then they just win so like for instance it you have to have an inteleon Right, so they like um, knock out the Drizzile or something like that. Yeah, so right, if they knock out the Drizzile yeah. or something, right, then it's like your whole strategy falls apart. Like if if they knock out the Drizzile and they have the um, cave, then you can't win. The, the oh yeah, the cave. cave. Yeah, yeah, and then they heal good. their they heal their Genesex <laughs> and then they knock out your only Drizzile. Then you lose. But um, but yeah, there's there's some fun things that you can do with that deck. That's funny. The that like description of like the exact game state reminds me of uh when we would test like these zorak versus buzzwell matchups and we'd be like all right so we're gonna hit this turn two this turn three and this turn four and we'll always win if that happens but if they, anything happens along the way to prevent that we lose <laughs> that's exactly right yeah it's so fun i like that kind of stuff though that was always fun yeah. well it's just, it is kind of it is kind of cool when it hits right it's very satisfying. Like, it's like I played I, optimally. I knew this would happen. <laughs> <laughs> Called it. That's, that's how it always goes. That's why I built it to do this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, really though, the the meta has been relatively stagnant. You know, with Mew just taking a lot of the top spots in every single tournament, winning a lot of them. One thing I was curious about for your take on um is a lot of people have been talking about n again recently it ha- feels like it cyclically happens every year since n rotated for the last time mm-hmm. um but, but i noticed that there was like this replacing marnie with n tournament and jolteon actually ended up winning um, yeah i'm not surprised actually. with the path of the peak n combo right so i guess my question is where along the way do you fall in terms of, like the impact of of n back in the game do you think it would actually make like a huge shift do you think it would push mew 
out of viability or like out of tier S status. Um, uh, I think potential, like it would, it would probably take Mew out of tier S status. And I mean, it certainly elevates Jolteon. Like Jolteon's the one deck right now that can play path of the peak. So if you <laughs> give it a more powerful disruption card, then like, yes, it's, it's going to be better. I, I'm not really sure quite, you know, um, what the what the ramifications and what the what the results tell us it would be any uh, different than what you would expect right you're giving jolteon a deck that would that kind of takes all its prizes right at the end of the game right you're sniping and not really hitting for one shots um and so you know you're going to take your prizes relatively late in the game compared to a lot of other decks and so yeah give that deck n <laughs> and it's right? better like, yeah and it's better uh, oh that's crazy you know and and so there's no other deck that can really play path of the peak um so if we reprinted n right now what would the what would the result be it'd probably just be that jolteon like either you know bumps mew down like so they're both just the tier one decks of the format or like jolteon also moves up into tier s where it's <laughs> like you know jolteon is is the one thing that beats mew and then you know struggles with maybe like urshifu but like pretty much runs over everything else um yeah, I'm, I I think that's you're just giving a better disruption card to Jolteon. So no, I, I feel I think that I just elevate that. I think uh, I think our shoot X could use it pretty well too, because they can, that would be another one, right? They can often if like you set could, up that kind of prize trade, right? Because if you could, you know, attack with the with an Urshifu V, drop down to four prizes when your opponent takes a knockout, and then go in with a V Max, you know, that's certainly a route to getting to that one prize and kind of ideal state there yeah but and it's not particularly disruptive to the mu deck unless you unless play you path have path out right so it doesn't you know there wouldn't be any balancing of the game outside of jolteon just getting better <laughs> yeah i guess one thing that i personally have to take on whenever people bring this like end thing up is it would be helpful to like lower prize decks right like the the sweet coons or the uh you know the one prize decks that are out there but I don't think it would be enough to like really make them super hang anyway. Like a lot of the one prize decks are like laser focused on a particular matchup usually, or mm-hmm. wouldn't play N probably anyway. You know, I'm thinking like Malamar, like you're not going to draw enough cards in the late game off an N to do your attack. So you right. can't do that. Um, and like the Hoopa deck, it already is fine against Mew probably not going to do that great against anything else anyway um yeah so yeah, all jolly that really flying man jolly flying man says no end unless we get bench barrier back right yeah, that would be interesting that i have been thinking a lot about bench barrier too um do you think bench barrier should be... come back i think it's been nice to like actually have bench damage mean something it's true but i think you know when you think about the viability of one prize decks you can't be jolteon for the most part and you definitely can't beat rapid strike right so getting mew would be you know at least especially like a low hp mew you know 60 hp as opposed to like the 70 hp that we saw with mr mime when that was a thing um, but to get that 60 hp there's some plays you can make obviously with like intellions and, and over the course of two turns taking a knockout um but just what that would mean in terms of the safety in the early game for these one prize decks to get set up yeah, it'd be really interesting. I would, I would like it maybe if it had the sixty HP because then you can at least like have the counterplay with Intellions and the Jolteon or the uh, the Metasham. Right. I think though. Right. So like, 
what would be more impactful? I feel like a bench barrier would be far more impactful than probably. Than I mean, where I was actually end. going, the end state of the the thought jump I was having is that multi prize decks like the three prizers, you're taking like two knockouts usually, right? You're knocking out mm-hmm. two V maxes. Is not super common to like knock out a V max and two Vs. It does happen a fair amount of the time, but much less than just knocking out the active twice. Mm-hmm. Um, or you go two two two. Um, in either of those cases, like end isn't that much more disruptive than Marnie. You know, Marnie gives you four cards if you are doing three 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 knockouts. That's one less card. Mm-hmm. If you're doing two two two, that's two less cards. But really, end is most powerful end to one, and not a lot of decks drop to one prize very often. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I would. I would. Yeah, there's there's really very little kind of prize like um, jostling, <laughs> as it were. Right. No, nobody's taking like eight prize games that doesn't like fully intend to do so <laughs> or something. Right. Right. You know, I don't know. So you maybe you maybe have. I, I think the yeah the best example of this, and again, what makes Mew such a good archetype is that they can play a pretty. Um, a pretty strong seven prize game, right? Cause you have your Meloetta, which you've planned to attack with either very early um, or, you know, somewhere in that, you know, mid game, right? So you lead a Mew and then right. go into the, go into the Meloetta and then finish off with Mew. Uh, so that's certainly, you know, a route that, uh, that that deck has. That's probably like the one deck that I think of that. Even then though, the that goes to like two prizes left though. It doesn't go to one usually. Right. right. No, definitely. So true. <laughs> So, I don't know. I feel like people are overhyping how good N would be in this format outside of, like, just making Jolteon oppressively good. Mm-hmm. So, it is what it is. Any other reads you got on the meta, JW? Um, I'll have to do some more experimenting with dark stuff. I, I, yeah, I, I don't know. This is the most, the most unfun pokemon meta that i think i've ever played in and i i think i think when when i say that like i just i don't want people to think like oh he you know he's just he's adding on to the you know toxicity people always like complain about that you know adp they complained about that and now they're complaining about Mew. but like i hope when i'm saying this because i never said this about when we had adp it's true you are not an adp complainer no i was not (laughs) but when i say this about this format like this comes from you know 10 plus years of playing and me saying this is the the best deck that I have ever seen, right? Be played uh, that I have ever played myself, and the turn counts. I mean, we talked about this last podcast, but the turn counts are just so oppressively fast with the Mew deck that it just it really it squashes out a lot of creativity, and even the decks that are supposed to counter it have a hard time doing that sometimes. So it just makes it really frustrating. I'm kind of frustrated with the format. I think it'll be good to take a little bit of a break over the holiday weekend, try to come back to it. But I mean, you're kind of wondering, like, you know, I I think a lot of the players that have been playing a long time are also really burnt out of it. Like you're seeing Andrew, you know, trying anything he possibly can to not play standard, right? (laughs) Like GLC, he's been playing a lot on stream. He's been doing a lot of um, old format or uh, alternate format. So like the Japanese format he was playing today, Um, you're seeing like, Celio's network 
playing old stuff, you know, not really doing a lot of standard. You're seeing like players like the Sableyes, content creators like the Sableyes just quitting. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I mean, the, all this kind of stuff, like, like take, take notice, you know, if you're wondering like, well, JW, you're, you're off your rocker. Um, I, I don't think so. Like a lot of these players that have been playing a long time, I feel like echo my sentiments. So I think it's fair. JW officially on his rocker. Confirmed. <laughs> well, let's shift gears a little bit then and talk about the holiday season. Uh, so we thought it would be fun for the latter half of the cast here to talk about you know, gifts for the either the Pokemon player in your life or some ones that we've gotten that have been maybe especially meaningful and are, you know, Pokemon related. So we're going to start with doing some gifts for your fellow Pokemon players. JW, if you were a Pokemon player this holiday season, which you are, <laughs> I am. what would you yes. be excited to receive either as like a stocking stuffer or under the tree or just as a nice gift from a friend? Well, one of the things that I really like from people that can be very cheap now that didn't, I don't know. I don't really remember it being particularly cheap in the past. I guess it was in the past as well. Maybe it might be more expensive now. Anyway, that's besides the point. But <laughs> I I really kind of enjoy getting slabs. Yeah. You know, of like graded cards, but like the graded card isn't particularly fancy. You know, it's just, <laughs> it's like, just a, like a 10 of some oddish. Yeah, yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> or, or not even a 10, like, or like an 8 of some Japanese card. Yeah. You know, where it's like, it just kind of looks cool. Um, I think slabs are a really fun gift to give away. And I was I was kind of waffling there when I was talking about how expensive they were. Because they used to, you used to be able to send stuff into PSA for like $5 a card. I know that's jumped up to like 15 or something. Something kind of crazy the last time I checked. I'm not really into the whole grading market, but... I know it's gone up pretty significantly, but there are also some other grading companies that you can send in cards pretty cheaply to. There's like TGA, um, uh, BGS. Yeah, there's, BGS. Um, yeah, there's a few others that are relatively inexpensive compared to, to PSA. So um, take a look at those. Maybe buy a slab or two to hand out. I think those are really fun. Those are that's actually a really good idea. And what's fun about slabs is they're really impressive to people who like don't know anything about cards. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like it could be like a seven or something, and they're like, "That is the coolest shit I've ever seen in my life." Yeah, for sure, <laughs> for sure. But I would totally get that for a fellow Pokemon player. Yeah. And it's like you know, because because um, and it could be some a card that's like sentimental, right, to both of you, or you like both played it at a regional. No, that's a great idea. Like I actually really some, like that some ex or some gx that you both have some memory attached to that you know obviously with those kind of lower level slabs like you're not you're not really selling them they're just kind of pieces you know collector's items so that would be that would be something i would suggest how about for you riley i I had a couple ideas i mean obviously like if you have someone who's just like nostalgic or loves opening packs like any celebrations product you can get your hands on is a great gift um one thing that i thought was really cool I visited Andrew this past weekend, and he got these, like, Dragon Shield cube shells. Do you know what I'm talking about? They're, like, little plastic, almost like miniature deck boxes, but they hold, like, 15 cards. So you put your cube packs inside of these shells, 
and like hand those out. So you hand out like three cube shells to per per person, and those are their packs, like their actual like physical packs now. I thought oh, that was like what? so insanely cool. So if you're someone who does like, or you know someone who likes any drafting, either with Magic or Pokemon, oh, as yeah. a cube, those are so oh, so cool. What? I definitely would recommend getting those. I'm watching a video on them right now, and yeah, they're just. I mean, it's a very simple idea, right? It looks like it's oh, just it's so plastic. simple. It's like a little plastic deck box, but yeah. it can hold like 20 cards or something. Yeah, it's genius. And it's such a satisfying experience, like as a player in a cube. Yeah. Well, uh, and especially too, because if you're the if you're the cube master, you can like preload them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so rocks. those are really, really cool. Would definitely recommend getting those if you like do any sort of drafting or or know anyone with a cube. Um, those are just like the little things that make your experience like so much better as a player. Um, mm-hmm. And it feels like nicer because instead of like having this giant slab of 360 cards, you have like, you know, however many cube shells just like in a box. It right. looks really slick. Um, so that's that would be like my recommendation or like the little accessories that sometimes you can't bring yourself to to buy you know like having a just a case of like sleeves or something is like something i would really appreciate maybe it would feel like a lame gift as the buyer but right i can never get enough of those kinds of things you know right i hear you and they feel bad to buy myself but if they're just given to me that feels great what's the one product that you would really like to have in terms of physical cards like you're opening cards and we talked a little bit about celebrations but like what is the actual you know do you want the pikachu figurine box do you want the etb do you want um some other i mean price range is obviously a factor because ultra premium collection the celebrations one it's like no contest that's what you want (laughs) i was such an idiot my wife went to the store the other day and there were 10 um booster or 10 um etbs celebrations etbs on oh, wow. the shelf like it was it was fully stocked and i was like yeah like pick one up that'd be cool you know just i like i mean if we can find them like i think i'm just gonna buy that like one or two whenever i can find them um i didn't have her check for the ultra premium collection i'm like kicking myself now because <laughs> that that it's store just so seems cool. like it may have had one yeah that's what i'm saying i have tweet notifications on for like when people tweet about that (laughs) to see see if i can try and slide in there i've yet to be successful that is by far the product that i would want the most Uh, are you gonna open it i would probably open it yeah it'd be so fun Mm -hmm. (laughs) i i don't know maybe i'd try and hold off but i'm i love opening stuff it's so satisfying yeah so it you know if you bump down a price range i would say like the next best product is probably the Pikachu figure collection uh, because the, the figure is so nice. Like I love Gigantamax Pikachu. He's so chonky and fun. Um, and it, you know, it comes with celebrations, but it's a little more reasonable to both find and in terms of price. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I would and not get good... fusion strike ETBs or packs for someone who's into Pokemon. <laughs> right. Well, and they're a little more expensive actually. The fusion strike stuff well just from the stuff that i've seen and i'm sure you can get deals on all this stuff but i've been seeing like a little more than msrp on these online stores like yeah. 50 i like i see fusion strike stuff like 
in stock when I go to like Target and stuff, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is not the same thing that I could say for like other products. Sure. It's not yeah. a very satisfying set to open. Oh, no, for sure. I mean, celebrations, I think I will never get tired of opening celebrations packs. Oh, like, yeah. For, uh, probably the rest so of fun. my life. <laughs> yeah, extremely fun. I have to use all of my all of my willpower not to open the ones that I have because it's just such a fun set. <laughs> well, I want to talk about gifts that we have gotten that have been particularly great in the Pokemon sphere as well. Before we do that, though, JW, do you want to hit us with the card of the day? Yes, I would. So today's card of the day actually comes from a, a meme that I posted this morning on Twitter <laughs> at Real John Walter. Uh, I posted a meme that uh, said, "Keep calm and keep calling," with a picture of of the Fusion Strike Sobble, Rapid Strike Sobble, or excuse me, the Rapid Strike Sobble that has the "Keep Calling" attack. And Patrick Wall posted underneath and he says keep calm and carry off with a picture of this crowbat that i had never seen before (laughs) from the uh from the sky ridge expansion and it's like the most ominous looking (laughs) pokemon that i have seen from one of these older cards so it's all these crowbats it's like a gang of crowbats all hanging upside down and a few in the far background that are flying so it's kind of like reminiscent of like a cave it does look like they're outside i think those are tree branches but it's like reminiscent of a cave where you just have all these bats in there and i'm like oh that's really spooky and then the (laughs) poke power that it has is called carry off and flip a coin and if heads you look at your opponent's hand if they have any baby pokemon um or basics or evolutions whatever you just choose one of them and shuffle it into their deck i was like oh that's kind of a cool pokemon power and you know pretty forgettable attack but just really cool artwork very ominous crobats this is a cool card i like (laughs) i like how back in the day they would specify like all types of pokemon they'd be like this could be a baby (laughs) a basic or an evolution and if you find any of those then you could shuffle it (laughs) yeah it's very yeah it's very unusual kind of these the history of these kind of card um texts and and how they've been translated and um they've certainly were more verbose back in the early days i would say that one just always cracks me up when it says and all like three needlessly needlessly verbose right <laughs> right it could just be a pokemon yes it would be fine yes exactly uh well i guess you can't let's see what would be a type of card that you couldn't shuffle back nothing at that time well no nothing at that time but like like an ex if you were to... i guess no, that's a basic that's a basic it would have to be like a V Max or something. No, that's an evolution. No, that's an evolution. Yeah, that's um, what I'm a break. Does that count as an yeah, evolution? Yeah, a break. A break. Does break no, count it's as... a break evolution. <laughs> Does everything fall under basic or baby? The only evolution? other thing I can think of is a level up. I know that's that's where my mind went. Is to. that an evolution or a basic still, or is it a level mm. up? Hmm. <laughs> questions questions i should know this i am pretty sure it isn't a basic or an evolution i think it's just the level up that's what i'm saying okay so carry off (laughs) so you can't get the level x's get the level up level x's yeah okay well so in that case it was good that they were very verbose (laughs) they made sure to keep that ruling as intended (laughs) 
That's so good. <laughs> cool, I like the card. Let's then shift into our ad read for the day and thank our sponsors over at Manscaped. JW, do you want to hit us with some Manscaped knowledge? Yeah, Manscaped has been, I mean, personally, it's been a really great product. Um, Christmas is coming up, and if you guys don't have something to buy for yourself or your significant other or a family member, I think Manscaped has a wide variety of products that you or your loved one would really enjoy. Anything from cologne to shampoo to the, you know, the hardware, like, like the ear, um, the ear and, and nose hair trimmer or the lawnmower 4.0 that we both have been raving about. They have a lot of, uh, of gifts, a lot of great gifts. And there's still time to get one using our code tag team at manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping. Yeah. Let me tell you when I was visiting Andrew and Natalie this weekend, we actually talked about manscaped and that just goes to show how much I actually like their products is I'm willing to plug them to my friends in a personal setting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Manscaped has the best razors and like male grooming stuff on the market. They also just have the comfiest underpants. Like <laughs> if you or your man needs some nice new boxer briefs, Manscaped is definitely the way to go. <laughs> They're so nice. I will keep raving about these every single week. Because I genuinely think that you should get them. Yeah. Great products. And by buying with our code, you help support the podcast. So huge shout out to our sponsor, Manscaped. It's 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com. Don't be looking like a Provo Pass. Don't be looking like a Pinaco. <laughs> <laughs> that one's a little further out in left field. Well. <laughs> That's 20% off plus free shipping manscaped.com with code tag team. Awesome. So for our final round today, we want to go through some gifts that we've received. I could maybe start us off uh, cause there's one that obviously comes to mind for me. Um, actually two. So, and they're related, which is why I'll, I'll lump them together. So when I was a little tyke, uh, Pokemon used to regularly do these, like, not regularly, but maybe twice they did these, like, tours across America. And they had different names, but the second one was the Journey Across America for the 10th, 10th anniversary. And they would go to, like, all these malls and city centers across America yeah. and do these tournaments for mm-hmm. the cards in the video game and have, like, a downloadable Celebi and stuff like that. It was a big deal. Um, and for Christmas that year... Um, or sorry, for my birthday that year, my parents took me to the finals of that tournament, like the world finals. Oh, um, sweet. Which was in New York City, and they had, like, this awesome, like, Central Park display with Pokemon everywhere, and there was a big line to get a a surfing Pikachu, I think it was, uh, which was, like, not a thing in Gen 3 when those games are currently out. Um, It was just such an, like, awesome experience, and definitely worth like a birthday trip to new york um second related one is actually a christmas gift and as a very poor college student i was like starting to get pretty into the pokemon trading card game um had been to like a handful of regionals but this was like my first like full end-to-end season and um 
my parents had generously decided to support me in like doing my first flying regional and so they paid for my flights to go to dallas texas which later would be my first regional win so in a way, uh, my parents no. gifted me for Christmas a regional win. <laughs> yeah, man. That's pretty exciting. Yeah, so I don't know if you can top that uh, one. <laughs> well, I bet I bet that call home was really... My really parents were watching. One. Oh, really? Yeah. They were oh, watching the cool. stream. Yeah, that's really cool. I, if you... I don't know if the VOD is still up, but my sister at one point like posts in chat, like, that's my brother. <laughs> like, no one would understand that in the chat. Yeah, but. right. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, so pretty good history with the Pokemon gifts here. One year, I remember, um, I had gotten a significant amount of money for Christmas, and my mom was like, you know, you, you, you know, what, what do you want to do with this? I said, well, you know, if you, if you'll allow me, <laughs> I would like to go to the store and spend like $120 on as many Pokemon card packs as I possibly could buy. <laughs> and so I remember getting, and I think they had some deal going on at the time, but I remember getting like, like 23 pack legendary collection booster packs and and my mom was like are you sure you want to buy all of this because they didn't you know they bought me pokemon cards but it wasn't like a ton like they would never like this was certainly like an indulgence purchase right i was like a pack at the checkout lane kind of guy yeah yeah, that was that was that was me for the most part. Or or they'd get me you know a deck like a pre-built uh, deck, uh, you know here and there. And um, but yeah, I was like, no, I want to spend you know like all one hundred and twenty dollars on Pokemon cards. And I just remember like <laughs> the euphoria of opening all of those cards in you know an hour or whatever it took me. And it was just <laughs> yeah, just insanely fast. Yeah, no, it was it was super fun and. Yeah, I had just the best time. That is pretty awesome. That's yeah, pretty sweet. I wish I could like go back in time and tell myself as like a medium-aged kid to like Pokemon cards more. Mm. So I, I've said this on the cast before. I was never a fan as a kid, but I would have loved like knowing more about the cards and like opening up packs and stuff like that as a kid. I didn't appreciate it enough. I feel like. Oh, see, yeah, I was big into playing, like, even as as a kid, right? So I would, the meta was just me and my dad. <laughs> yeah. But I was, I would, you know, read the cards and like, oh, that seems good. That seems bad. Like, I was sussing out what was, what was good. I didn't was understand bad. them even. Like, I when I first, like, tried to learn what Pokemon cards did, because I was always just like, I would get the checkout lane booster and then I'd play Yu-Gi-Oh with my neighborhood friends. Mm. So I never understood how the cards worked. I thought you had to like pay the energy to like for the attack. So you'd have to like attach them over turns. No, you'd attach them over like several turns and then like get rid of them all after you use the attack. (laughs) I'm like, this game sucks, man. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This game isn't fun. Like. It takes me like ten turns to get everything powered up. Like, why wouldn't I just use my blue eyes white dragon instead? It's way cooler. <laughs> that attacks for free. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. 
So I never quite understood Pokemon, so I never got into it. Yeah. Yeah, well, I just wish my parents had a little bit of foresight to, like, keep something sealed. <laughs> um, I have actually uh, a three-pack of sealed legendary collection. Oh, wow. Or, uh, sorry, sorry. Legendary treasures? Yeah, le- sorry. Legendary treasures from, like, 2010 that I have in the in the cardboard, you know, hanger or whatever yeah the blister right um and that's that's like a cool thing i also have a sealed call of legends three pack somewhere yeah so it's like i wish i just had you know because i i'm relatively good about being able to hold off on not opening every single pack that i see like i I have some self-control um i doubt yeah, I just wish I did that a little bit when I was, like, really young. Like, kept, like, one or two packs. I don't know. I do have a couple of, like, random cool sealed stuff. Because I, I got a sealed pack from some from some tournament that Andrew held for, like, just the friends. I forget which pack it is. It's up on my shelf over there. And then I have a friend of mine went to Japan the other year, and they brought back... Um, like sealed hidden fates the equivalent of hidden fates packs back which were yeah. super cool like had the legendary birds on them and stuff oh man yeah i keep those in my office yeah that's pretty sweet yeah also detective pikachu i have a sealed japanese detective pikachu pack oh nice okay <laughs> which is very random but he brought that, cool. that back too and i like it that's great that's great yeah so i got those those legendary treasures packs as a stocking stuffer and I, you know, my, I think my parents like expected me to open them, but I was like, I, I was like, you know what? I think I should save these. Cause I was at the age that would have been right about college. I think right about me starting college. So I was like kind of starting to know, like, you know, whether or not it's worth it to open packs. And like, uh-huh. that was a set that was, had really, from what I remember, zero competitive viability. And so I, I knew I was like, I should, I should just hold on to these. I shouldn't, I shouldn't open these. Cause who knows one day they could be, they could be worth something. And that's the thing about sealed product is for the most part, it's undefeated in terms of, <laughs> in terms of, you know, increasing in value. Right. Cause there really certain- only ever becomes less of it after it stops printing. Yeah, exactly. Like, and, and certainly in the short term, like there can be fluctuations and like, you know, things like evolutions, booster boxes, you know, <laughs> are ba- were basically, uh, uh, you know, dirt cheap for the longest time. But, you know, you give it enough time and, and it'll increase. So it's kind of fun. Pokey investing 101. There you go. There you go. Sealed product undefeated. The other thing that I got that I still have is uh, my parents got me this little um, Blossom plush that you might be able to see yeah i think that it's... i still have that i still have i remember they got it for me for christmas and i was like this is the greatest thing and that's why <laughs> blossom is like one of my favorite pokemon is this little plush that's funny <laughs> i feel like those little things just end up meaning a lot though in the end yeah i mean obviously it... i'm a huge fan of pokemon plush recommend that for any pokemon fan we love our plush that's right i, f- I feel kind of like similarly about uh, mana because i originally liked mana as a meme but then i started getting like plush and 
you know, mm-hmm. get invested enough in the character. And it's like, oh, yeah, like, I love this guy. <laughs> this is awesome. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I feel like that's a similar relationship to, like, what you have with Blossom. Mm-hmm. Word. Any, any other great gifts that you remember Pokemon related? Um, not, like, particular ones. Like, I'm an easy person to get gifts for <laughs> because I don't get a lot for myself. But I think uh, the plushies and the trips are probably my my favorites. It's pretty special. Yeah, I think so. Well, I think we're hitting a perfect stopping point here. Got the holidays just ahead of us. Over at Tag Team, we'd love to wish all of you a very Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. And we will catch you all back here next week. If you can't wait until then, though, there's plenty of places to check us out, namely on social media. Our primary platform is Twitter. You can follow me at Smiles with Riles, JW at Real John Walter, and the podcast at Tag Team Pokemon. And we record live every single week over at twitch.tv slash Munner. JW also streams as a YouTube channel over at Flex Daddy Righteous on both platforms. Yeah, would love to see you guys over there. And uh, thank you for supporting the cast. Another, you know, we're not done yet, but another great year, you know, one week left. Uh, so thank <laughs> you guys all so much for the support, for the listenership. And uh, yeah, we can't wait to bring you another year of great content. We'll catch you all next time with our end of your episode. Peace. See ya.